Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. There's a lot of stories that I could mention, a lot of little, you know, experiences, or the, and I probably will, you know, somewhat, but... Uh, as we were just talking and thinking, I, I, I remembered an experience that I had because experiences, you know, that's a, that, that, that's worth more than people's, uh, you know, opinion or just the thing that you say or postulize about, you know, experience matters. When it comes to, uh, you know, I, I love apologetics and defending the word of God and, and you know, and truth and, you know, and I'll use ontological arguments or, you know, whatever. I'll talk about creationism. And, but in the end, you got to have an experience with God. Amen. And I remember, um, I don't know who I was telling the other day, but the first time, you know, maybe it was Darian, I was talking about when I was called to preach. Um, that was, you know, later on, you know, I was, you know, in my late teens. Um, but the first time that I ever did preach and gave an altar call, and I don't know if anybody else remembers this, even in the family, but was at uh, London Christian Academy. And I was, how old was I? Sister Sherwood's class. I, little, I, was in the, I, was, I was the littlest. I was like uh, five or six years old, five or six years old, and they, they let, let me go to the school, and uh, you know, I was just there visiting, so I got to sit in the classroom with everybody there, and, and, I, and so I just began to talk to people, you know, just like I do, and uh, the next thing you know, I had asked the teacher if I could preach and give an altar call, and the crazy thing is I did. Well, crazier than that is people responded. <laughs> These little bitty little pipsqueaks, and so they all just kind of they came, and you know, I prayed with them by their seats, you know, and just like you know, and I walked around like that, <laughs> little, little you know, little little bitty guy, and uh, you know, who knows, you know, was I playing church? I mean, I I was just living out what I knew, and what I had learned, what had been imprinted on me, spiritually. And there's a lot of things, you know, you, you can say, oh, well, that, that's, that's silly, you know, just kids play in church. That's not even, you know, respectful. Well, there's a lot of kids who are emulating things from their fathers, and they're doing a real good job of it, and it's not good. The violence and the, and the, the, you know, the, the, the cruelty and, and all, the, all the things, that, all the negative things in the world. We could use more young people who've been imprinted with the, the love of Jesus and the truth of his gospel on their lives. Amen. Because in the end, it, it won't be what you tell your children that, will, that will, uh, they will remember and that will dictate. It'll be what you actually teach, what you actually imprint, what you actually train. Train up a child. How many of you know that you know, whenever you're training, you know, you're training a dog, just because you tell it doesn't mean it's going to do that. You know, there's a lot more that goes into actual training of children than there is that goes into telling children. You can just you know, say, you know, do this, this, and this. That's not, that doesn't matter. What do you train? What do you actually leave? What do you enforce? What do you reward? What do you, what, what do you demonstrate in your own life? Amen. Um, this is actually the, the uh, you know, part of our, our hero series, uh, but I, I've, I figured, you know, why in the world not continue that along, you know, with the, you know, the theme of Father's Day? Uh, how many of you have had people in your life in that fatherly role uh, who have been heroes to you? Amen. And it may, it's not always your father, but somebody who came into your life or someone that you looked up to, somebody who was an encouragement in one way or the other. I'm thankful that I have. I've had you know, spiritual fathers. I've had fa- you know, my, my own father. I've had my grandfather. I've had different people who have spoken to my life at times whenever I needed it the most or whenever I, I wanted it the least. Funny how that works, isn't it? You know, when you want it the most or when you want it the least, sometimes that's when you need it the most. 
Joshua 24 and 15. Joshua 24 and 15. I want to read this uh, just short passage of Scripture uh, to encourage us here today. Joshua is faced with, uh, you know, with, with you know, a juxtaposition, a challenge, and a decision to make on behalf of his own family. And here's what he says. And verse 15 says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, he didn't sugarcoat that, did he? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we let people get away with uh, making sinful decisions, and we, we just call it personal priority. Um, but heroes stand up for what's right, and they don't, they don't mince words about it. He said, if it seems evil, like if you hate God, <laughs> whether the gods which your father, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we worship you. We love you, God. Help us to, uh, uh, to encourage one another. God, I pray that you will raise up uh, some, uh, some men of God in this, uh, in this place. Lord, as, uh, as young men come forth um, and, and need to be taught by the, the elders, Lord, I pray that you would encourage the ones that are holding the line even now, God, because uh, th- this is not the climate for a man to be a man, to be a true man of God, to be strong in the face of resistance, Lord. It's not that, that's not what the enemy wants, and there is absolutely a struggle going on in our culture against godly loving uh, fathers Lord and that that, uh, that that unity that you created Lord I pray that you would protect it God that we would be encouragers of our fathers uh, those that you have given as protections as coverings over us in Jesus name Amen see with Joshua's house doing the right thing was not optional yeah, and whenever they whenever they grow up, whenever they leave that house, that's you know that then I guess it would be their business. But Joshua said, "As for me, and, and I speak for my house, for my family, to the furthest extent of extent of my influence and power and authority, we will do right. Any area where I have choice, we will make the right choice. As godly fathers, that you." Uh, you know, so, sometimes you, it, it, it's tricky to know exactly how, how much, you know, how, how far that, that authority that really extends. But as long as it's my house, as long as it's, as long as it's within my power, we are going to do right. Because, uh, fathers, you're the key holder to the house. Now, we, we, a lot of times, especially in this culture, where they make a lot bigger deal about motherhood than they do uh, fatherhood. I'm sorry, that's just the truth. It is true. Yeah, like you go, go to the store and see how many Mother's Day cars there are, and then how many Father's Day, and how many of them uh, depict fathers as bumbling oafs. That's true. It's true. That it, it, fathers are not honored in this culture because uh, because of what they are. The enemy doesn't want that because uh, fathers are supposed to be that covering. They're supposed to be the protector. They're supposed to make some of the difficult decisions. They're supposed to stand at their post and be a protector. Amen? Joshua realized and understood that he was a key holder to what came in and out of his house. 
Now, he, he, he understood this because if you go back a few, what, seven, ten uh, chapters, uh, he sees how damaging it can be. Not, not just because he's Mr. Macho Man, because he's, you know, uh, he's, he's the boss around here and he's just going to, you know, you're, and you're going to like him. No, he understood what happened when you failed at that role. Now, I take you back a few chapters uh, to uh, chapter 10, and we see Achan. And something really bad happens. Some of you know who I'm talking about. He is a character, uh, you know, that, that just a few, you know, just a few weeks or months or years before Achan um, has, you know, made selfish decisions. And he has went out and brought things into his house that should never have been in his house. And the result was not just death for him, but his entire family. He brought them into the problem, into the issue, and they all paid a terrible, terrible price. And so that was a stark lesson for Joshua to understand. He said, you know what? For me and my house, we will serve the Lord because I know what happens whenever a a man of God who's in that fatherly, patriarchal position uh, allows things that are destructive to pass by his guard. He loved his family. He said, I'm not going to see my family uh, be destroyed. I'm not going to see these things that, you know, pass by me uh, just because it's more convenient to me or just because I don't want to deal with these. I'm going to stand guard over my home, over my family, and I'm not going to let the destructive devices of the enemy pass me because I know that the end thereof is death. And I don't care who whines. I don't care who complains. I don't care how pretty, you know, the things. If it's, if it's going to be destructive to my family, I am not going to let it pass my authority. Now, you can't, you can't make everybody's decisions for them all the time, but you, whenever you're, you're the father in the home, whenever you're the, the head of the home, uh, you, you need to be making decisions for the good of your family, not for the ease of yourself. Because you, 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 you just don't want to deal with it. Heroic fathers make courageous choices. Fathers, if you allow things into the home and decisions to be made that are spiritually damaging, that is on you. Yes, the word of God says in Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. It's what you teach them that will change their lives. Amen? This is a call to truth, a call to stand on the promises of God. Children are intuitive. And some people are like, you know, my my kids are so smart, they're six-year-old. They're not that smart, smart, but they are intuitive. It's not that you know, you know, six-year-olds are, are actually smarter than I, I. I can't believe, you know, maybe it'll be different for me someday, but uh, to sit there and have a full-on argument with a six-year-old over basic stuff. I know I tried it, I, I, but I, I was not allowed to, you know, to, to just reach, you know, a, uh, just a, a place of amicable disagreement. No, I just I, I end up, you do what you're told. You do, it, you do what you're told because in the end, children are not intelligent enough to make life decisions like transitioning their gender yeah oh yeah yeah you didn't know I was going to hit you with that left hook that's where that leads that's where that leads Uh, acting like like a five or six year old has the because it walks through the Barbie aisle um, and then all of a sudden he wants to play with Barbies because it's the last thing he saw and now he's going through surgery that's going to destroy his life, his anatomy and put him into a 96th percentile of suicide rates because parents don't know how to stand up and say, no, this is what is true. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you think. This is what is true. It's true. It's the word of God. And it's true. The Word of God plays out in truth, in biology, in natural science. 
It's not what you tell your children that will change your life, but what you teach them, though. Children, it's not that children are so smart, but they, they don't play by the rules, and that does give them an advantage, right? Because sometimes, like, we'll all, you know, kind of scratch each other's backs and, like, you know, say, you know, overlook things. Or, like, you know, there are things you just don't say. The kids will say those things. Kids will call your bluff. Kids will test you. Kids will try you. Kids will, they'll, they'll go the distance. You know, I remember in Aesop's Fables, um, there's, you, know, you remember the story. All the, 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 uh, the people of the land, you know, the, the charlatan comes in, convinces the king, um, you know, the emperor that, uh, you know, these clothes that I'm making for you that are so expensive, only the most brilliant can see them. And so he, he kind of just pulls, it, you know, pulls one over on him and said, oh, yeah, I see, I see. It's beautiful, this bluish tint to the fabric. And then you, know, you go ahead and put it on. Oh, I love this. You know. And he's like, I knew that you were one of the smartest people in the land because only those who are brilliant and powerful and beautiful and smart can actually see this fabric. Everyone else wouldn't even, you know, they, they, they can't even comprehend it. So then the word gets out. The rest of the palace is like, oh, I can't really see it. It doesn't look like he's wearing anything. It looks like he's in his underclothes. But... And next thing you know, he's having a parade through the streets in his undergarments. You remember the story? Until one kid who's being held up on his children's or on his dad's shoulders looks out and says, he's not wearing no clothes. And then the whole facade comes crashing down. Children don't care. Children, children will, say, will say what they think. And, they, and it will be very revealing because children will not. Uh, here's the thing. You can teach you can tell a child one thing and teach him another in the same breath. Amen? You can, you can tell them one thing and teach them something different because what they're going to see is the testimony, the day in, the, the, the daily life, the, thing, the decisions that you make, uh, and, and, and the real spirit that you carry. Not, not, what you, not the, uh, the constructed, you know, fabricated personality that you want everybody else to see or what you postulate, what you say, um, but what your life actually is in agreement with important. You can teach children one thing and then tell them a totally different one. Heroic fathers make personal sacrifices. The world's culture wants to devalue the role and the gift of fatherhood. Devalue it to the point of some bumbling buffoons who are good for nothing but gaffes and being the butt of the joke and grilling out on major holidays. That's that's the world's version of father, of dad. But the word of God says there's more to it than that. The word of God says all that is, is you know, that, that's fine and good that he's the grill master. But that's not what it is to, to be a father, to be a spiritual father. Amen? The enemy is against strong, loving, powerful fathers. And mothers must stand by fathers in hard times. Amen. Polly told a story not too long ago, and I'll, I will borrow it, um, about a, a, a family who, uh, you know, the times were tough, finances, you know, it was the, there was not enough money at the end of the month, and things were tough, things were difficult, and the power was about to get cut off, and he was working, you know, two jobs, doing everything that he could to provide, and to, you know, to, to, to be a good provider and protector, do everything that he could to, you know, to be there, and it just wasn't happening, things were just, and that happens. There, we, will, we have all gone through seasons like that, haven't you? Where you're, where you're fearful, where, you know, it seems like uh, you know, things are just not adding up, no matter how hard that you, if you work two, if you work two days of overtime, then that's the, then your alternator will go out. 
and you just cannot get ahead no matter what. You know, you come home and just, there's one thing after. People go through stuff like that, no matter where you are. I think most of us have been there and just been trying to do your best and just things just, you know, things happen. That's what that guy's situation was. He was, you know, he came home and, you know, the, the power had been cut off. And the mom made a nice dinner as best she could with, you know, without power and turned all the, you know, all the lights down because they weren't working anyway and just had a nice candle lit dinner for the family and then just played some games with the kids, said, you know, we're just going to pretend like we're camping out. That's what the theme of tonight's time together is and, uh, and just covered that over. And years and years and years later, that had made such an indelible imprint on the family and on him because she covered him in his struggle and the time when he felt like he wasn't, you know, doing his job right or, you know, that he was a failure as a father. That's what good mothers do. Because there are going to be times when you just come up a little bit short. That's what good fathers do for the moms as well. They cover one another in grace. They cover their mistakes. They don't, uh, they, they, they don't, you know, and it's so important. A father is supposed to be an umbrella over his family keeping away all the wind and rain and the torrential downpour that life has to offer. We have to be so careful that we're not weakening that when they're trying their very best and they're doing everything that they can. Make sure that we support them. Amen? Make sure you're there for them. Make sure that you, uh, instead of, you know, because the last thing you want to do is cause that umbrella to collapse. Amen? Be there. Cover, co- cover your, your father when he's trying to do his very best. When fathers dishonor the mother, it's like cutting off their own hand. Because God has given them to be help me, to be to, you know, to, to love, to be to partner together, to lead the family, and to, to be you know two parts of a whole that, that are incomplete without each other. You say, which one's more important? It, it doesn't, what's more important? You know, the, uh, the brakes or the gas in your car. You're in big trouble either way. What's more important? You know, the, the back tires or the front? Are you going anywhere without either one of those? So what's the argument? What's the, what's the conversation even about? There's different roles. One may steer, one may you know, pump the brakes. I think that's how it is sometimes. The father may be trying to steer, but the mom knows when to pump the brakes or else he's going to wreck this whole thing and ruin it all. But when mothers dishonor fathers, it can be even worse because it's the father through whom the favor and blessing of the Lord are meant to flow. And that's biblical. Amen? I'm glad that you mentioned what you did, buddy. Heroic fathers carry their children. Deuteronomy 1, 29 through 31. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son. And all the way that you went until you came to this place. Amen. Isn't that powerful? Fathers are given the strength of, by God to put to good use and to carry their family through difficult times and trials. Amen? That's what it is. 
If you're thinking about becoming a father, perhaps you, you are a father, remember that that, strength, that supernatural strength from God, that is yours to be put, not to, uh, not to uh, benefit yourself, but to benefit your family, to benefit um, you know, the, the others who are around you. That's what that strength is there for. Amen. I remember, you know, I've shared this before, but I do remember a time, you know, in my life, there's a couple different ones. Let's start with the worst one. There's a time whenever, uh, you know, we, we, I went to bed till I was like 12 or 13. It was terrible. Problem that Garrett, maybe that's why I'm camping. And, uh, and of course, you know, that was my issue. That was my problem that Garrett, maybe that's why I don't like camping still. Cause I don't have a lot of good experiences looking back. Um, but, uh, you know, dad, um, packed just enough, and we were, you know, we were fishing, we were doing all the fun stuff out camping, and I, for, for whatever reason, um, he was, you know, we were camping on the hill, so it was very rough ground, and then, you know, I, 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 yeah, could not hold it, and so he woke up with my problems and his own, <laughs> because of his placement in the tent, and my problems, he woke up, and then I had, and he hadn't packed enough, you know, enough stuff for me. Like I didn't, you know, I, I you know, and so I remember, you know, wearing like his extra shirt down to here, and the pants trying to keep him up like that as we went around through, you know, camping out the next day with all the guys and fishing. And I remember just trying to fish like this, <laughs> so the dad's extra pair of pants didn't, you know, slide right off my my poor little self. He never said a word about it. Never made me feel bad, or you know. Dads cover, you know, cover for you sometimes. But I remember another time, another a camping experience. Again, this is we're starting to develop a pattern why I prefer to stay in 21st you know, century you know, comfort. But I do remember a time whenever we went to Red River Gorge, and it was a seven-mile, you know, hike through difficult, you know, it was not just like, you know, the path that you, you know, you walk in your Crocs, you know, and you're just, you know, scenic. This was, it was, you know, there was some climbing. There was some getting, you know, getting into it involved. So we, we went out, we went camping, and the next day I, I just had my little army man backpack. I was, still, again, super young. Had a little camouflage army man backpack, you know, with my what toy in it or whatever I had, you know, some. And Dad had one of these huge monster ones. You know what I'm talking about? The kind that goes like four feet above their head. And then you have to actually strap them on, one of those serious ones with our tent and everything else, all the food, everything that we would need to survive in the wilderness for, you know, the full 24 hours or whatever. We were going to be out there long, but uh, he had it all packed up. And I remember getting to the very end. Oh, it was so hard. I was so exhausted, you know, and, you know, I just had this little, you know, probably five pound army man pack pack, my pack pack. And it got to, and there was this huge stone staircase that goes all the way up to where the cars would be parked, and it just looked insurmountable. And I just, I, I was like, Dad, I can't carry my backpack no more. Can't carry it no more. And Dad took the backpack with me partially in it and just helped me to get up to the very end of the staircase. And I haven't voluntarily went camping since. <laughs> but he, he helped me, he carried me. In the end, that is what fathers are called to do, to extend their own strength, to be a blessing around to those who are around them. God didn't give it to you to bless yourself with or to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to push your own agenda. He did it for a reason. And I just want to honor the fathers here today, and I want to challenge you who are fathers here who may be at some point Know what it is 
to stand your ground and say, I will make the hard and difficult decisions about what passes by me to my family, even whenever it's not popular, even whenever it's counter to culture, even whenever uh, everybody is nagging me to the point where I just want to run my head through the drywall. I don't care if I feel and I know in my spirit that this thing is not good for my family and that it would destroy them like Achan bringing all those good things. Here's the thing about Achan, if you'll remember, all those are good things. There's an argument, you know, for, for good things, you know, all, absolutely. Like, you know, it's gold. Since when does getting a huge, you know, paycheck, you know, just a huge chunk of cash, when does that ever hurt the family? I mean, we could use a new refrigerator. We could use a new robe or whatever it is. And, you know, and, and then you've got the silver. You've got new clothing, all these things. So it may come in the form of clothing. It may come, you know, family. It may be, it maybe it'll come in the form of wealth or, or any other kind of decision. But in the end, it didn't honor God, and it went against what God had told uh, the people of Israel. And when Achan brought it into his home, whether he wanted to bless his family with it or not, it destroyed them in the end. Real heroes know how to stand up for the truth of God's word, to know what's right, and to not be talked down from it. Whether you not be pestered out of it or nagged out of it. This is not just about getting our own way. This is about standing on the truth and the principles of God's word and saying, it will not pass me. For me and my house we will serve the Lord. Amen. Heroic fathers make personal sacrifices. To be a heroic father means to, uh, to bless others even whenever you do with less or even without. Amen. Heroic fathers carry their children and carry their family. Fathers are a covering of protection. Joshua said, If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers serve that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because in the end, the Father's highest priority is not 20 minutes of peace and quiet. It's not going to the lake and just enjoying themselves. It's not going on vacation. It's not, it's not a, you know, a nice, beautiful car in the driveway to take on the role, the biblical role of the Father. It is that all mine and those who God has given me any kind of influence out of, of it, within, that they would make it to heaven that their lives would be blessed, that they would be protected and loved. But in the end, nothing matters except for going to heaven, that they can make it. Amen.